BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. Every now and then, this federal investigation of ours takes such a twist and turn that we need Lewis and Clark. So we have them here. <laughs> Tim Novak, would you want to be Lewis? And Mark Brown, our great columnist, you can be Clark. Guide us through this. This week was an extraordinary development. John Coli, the Teamsters Union boss, the former Teamsters Union boss who hates the feds, who hates to talk, is talking. He pleaded guilty. Why, Tim? Well, he was caught on tape extorting uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars from the uh, president of the studio, that the studio that Coley helped bring to Chicago. This is a movie studio, Cinespace. Yes, Cinespace, Chicago Film Studios, where they film Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Empire. So what exactly did Coley do, Mark? Well, he he uh, he put the arm on on the on the studio, uh, uh, you know, and and demanded uh, you know money for himself in exchange for labor peace out there. Uh, he also uh, apparently shook down uh, some other businesses that did that do business that are like vendors to the Teamsters or to the Teamster pension funds. Uh, he get the use of a yacht. He would uh, sports tickets, uh, more cash, you know. Sailing think, around Italy. Sailing around Italy, with yeah. With a two-person yeah, that, staff. Yeah, that, that, that's sweet. That's sweet. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I really want to know who that, whose yacht that is. I hope it comes out at some point. I do. Okay. You do know? Yes. You want to spill the beans? Uh, not yet. Not yet. You <laughs> not haven't yet. told our readers no, yet. Yeah, well, we'll get there. But the language he used... I mean, we might as well be filming The Godfather. What did he threaten to do and how did he say it? Um, he threatened to shut down the studio if the payments stopped. He said he'd have a, uh, we'll have a picket line out there right now, within the hour, right? <laughs> On demand. And what else? Um, when somebody uh, made noise about wanting to stop the payments, the CFO... To the studio, what happened then? Well, my understanding is that the feds had Pizios, Alex Pizios, the president of the studio, tell Coley that they were going to, th- that there was talk that he, the payments had to stop. And at that point, uh, uh, when Coley threatened to shut down the studio, that's when Pizios tells the feds he realizes that these were extortion payments because he had previously thought these were like, commissions he'd been paying every month, 25000 in cash. 
And you're saying that it began from the very moment that they came to Chicago from Toronto, right? Uh, Coley, uh, Alex Pizios' uh, uncle, Nick Markopoulos, who is since deceased, uh, r- runs a studio in Toronto, Cinespace Toronto. And Coley went out to Toronto with some others uh, to convince uh, Markopoulos to set up another uh operation in Chicago. And my understanding is that Coley told them he would be able to obtain state grants to help this occur. Uh, Whether he did that or not, whether he told them he could obtain the grants, the studio did get many grants under Pat Quinn, uh, grants that we have no idea what the money was used for because it's just it's just a check, and then once you once the studio gets the check, we don't know uh, we don't know where the money went. Did the money uh, end up in some of it in Coley's pocket, whatever? But we do know the studio deposited the money in the Belmont Bank and Trust, um, which then would fi- help finance the, con- the would help finance the operation of the studio. So. This studio is occupying the former Ryerson steel plant. So uh, the, the, uh, one of the top guys at the steel plant, he may have been their CFO, was Mark Degnan. And he was in charge of marketing this plant, which my belief, my understanding is that the plant was still in operation when Degnan was trying to market it to somebody, and then he marketed it to the Markopoulos Pizios group. They took over the studio, the, the, the plant, to turn it into a studio um, after they had to do quite a bit of uh, environmental remediation work. Um, and then the Markopoulos Pizios people hired Degnan to be their CFO. And there's a political tie to him. Who's Mark Degnan? Mark. Mark Degnan is the husband of our new Cook County Commissioner, Bridget Degnan, who ousted John Fritchie, who who, if you really want to make it this really confusing, used to be married to a member of the bank's family. Bill Banks' daughter, uh, the former zoning committee chairman. Uh, which is the uh, the Banks's are the owner of... No, he was owner. married to Sam Banks's daughter. Oh, Sam's daughter. I'm sorry, oh, his okay. niece then. Yes, yes. Banks, I'm niece. sorry. Let's Got be it. careful I, on I'm that. confused too. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, the, and, the, and Tim mentioned a minute ago the, the uh, Belmont Bank's connection to the studio. Well, the Belmont Bank, Tim once famously uh, dubbed the Bank of Banks because it's the bank's family controls the Belmont Bank. All right, so let's talk about Coley and his political ties and where this all might lead. Is this involved with the Madigan-Burke investigation? Is it is it all tied together in one big gigantic bundle eventually? It's probably like a basket of yarn that's all kind of mixed up. Um, so it's really kind of hard to say what threads go where, but uh, Pizios, uh, who uh, was uh, approached by the feds back in 2016, I believe, uh, right before the statute of limitations was to expire, and they've accused him of bankruptcy fraud okay. for failing to report a loan he had received from his uncle to help get the studio going. So 
Pizios agreed to wear a wire, uh, at least on Coley. We don't know if he wore it on anybody else. But Pizios told the feds that Coley introduced him to basically every powerful politician in the state of Illinois, from uh, Mayor Emanuel, uh, Governor Quinn, Speaker Madigan, uh, Senate President Cullerton. Um, they actually went into their offices to, to have these meetings. Um, everyone loves this movie studio in terms of politicians because they claim that it has pre- produced jobs here, although I'm a little bit suspicious of those claims. A lot of cloud jobs. I'll bet there's a lot of uh, people well, who's you know, they, clouded their kids into... Uh, you know, the way the studio works is they get a 30% tax break on all the money they spend in Illinois, whether it's buying uh, groceries or restaurant meals, leasing a car, or hiring people who work, people from Illinois who work on these productions, whether they're uh, cameramen or actors. But when you ask to see how they spent the money to obtain the tax breaks, they argue that's proprietary information and they cannot tell you. So you don't really know when they say this uh, Spike Lee gets a $3 million um, tax break for filming um, Chirac. You don't know if that includes any money that uh, Spike may have paid to Father Flager for use of St. Sabina's and whether they don't have a breakdown, they will not provide that. Okay, but where is this likely to lead, and who's likely to be the most nervous about Coley's cooperation, Mark? Well, look, I don't want to oversell. We we don't really know. We don't. I, I well, mean, who, I don't know. But who? But could, where could it? Lead? Well, I think that you know the most logical place to me is that it leads deeper into the studio and all the people that are have got a piece out there that, uh, you know, at one point, Senator Tom Cullerton, uh, his, some of his records were subpoenaed. He had a relationship uh, with the union, yes. right? Um, the Cullertons always had a relationship you know, with the union. There's, <laughs> you know, anybody that's, that's making money out there at the, at the studio, I think, uh, as well, and I think they've probably been worried the last two years. They didn't need to wait for Coley to cooperate. I mean, I, I think we've known for a while that Coley would probably plead guilty. Uh, I, I just didn't, I don't think we knew, you know, whether he was cooperating or not. So, I mean, and, and everybody where anybody that that has uh, Teamsters relationships, if they're corrupt relationships. Uh, you know, that's, that's the people who need to be worried. I, and I don't, I, you know, they have a big city involvement, you know, the, sure. the Teamsters are big at city. They have a big county involvement. Uh, a lot of the, uh, I think the jail guards are Teamsters now. The truck uh, drivers in the city are Teamsters. Right. Um, um, and, and Coley was instrumental with Rahm Emanuel basically inoculated him against the charge that he was anti-union. He ran in 2011. He was going to mess with the pensions. He was going to change the benefits. He had to attack that for the finances of the city. And the one guy who sided with him was this guy. And that was critical to Rahm Emanuel. Well, that's I, I wrote about that because I, I, I it was it, it, politically it was huge at the time. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, 
Rom ends up winning by a landslide. We forget how he got there, but that thing was touch and go at the first. And, oh, and the fact that the, the unions were all lining up against him. With it was, Chico. And, and it was, and it was, uh, it was giving him a bad name that way as, you know, be, not being a friend of the working man, right? Right. And then they had that big, uh, press conference, uh, down at the, you know, international produce market, Panama banana. Uh, it was great photo op. They had all the, produce out there and Ram and Coley, you know, you know, buddy, buddy, you know, walking through the the lines of the of the warehouse. And, you know, I, as I recall, I mean, I, I refreshed my memory on this the other day. Coley, that was also happened to be the day that the Supreme Court said, hey, well, let's take a second look at this appellate court decision that said Ram isn't a resident and can't be on the ballot. So uh, Cole even stuck up for him that day on, uh, on, on the, the on the, on the residency lived, thing. Right. Said, I, you know, I I don't think there's a question there, right? And so. then he gets in, Rahm Emanuel does, and he does battle with the unions on work rule changes. But the Teamsters somehow got excused from that whole thing. The Teamsters continued to give him big money, and so he had a very strong relationship. So did Pat Quinn. Let's Pat, talk about the Pat Quinn thing. Pat Quinn's relationship is uh, perhaps the most tight with the studio and with this whole situation. Uh, the Quinn administration, uh, when, when Governor Quinn was running for re-election uh, against Bruce Rauner and he lost, uh, the governor didn't have a lot of... Um, political uh, support at that point. So he was getting a lot of political support from the 36th Ward organization that's run by the Banks family, which runs the bank that financed the studio. The governor made uh, five grants to this studio, um, over over $30 million. Uh, the last grant that was made came after Quinn had left, had lost the office uh, lost re-election, but before he left office, he gave them another $10 million grant, which they proposed to, uh, they needed the grant to buy other properties surrounding the studio. Large, uh, yeah. We wrote about that. We, we talked to, to the owners of those properties they were proposing to sell. The owners told us they weren't actually marketing this property. They had no, indi- no intention of selling. Rauner made that uh, made the studio return that grant, which they did. Um, we've been told that the feds originally hoped that Coley could lead them to Quinn. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's what they're still hoping for. But there's a lot of people in the Quinn administration who uh, had close relationships with people in the movie studio. Uh, Lou Bertuca, who was the governor's uh, chief of staff at one point and his final campaign manager. He married Quinn's press, press secretary, secretary, Brooke, Brooke Anderson, Anderson who right. now works for Uber. But, but um, Bertuca presented uh, Brooke Anderson with an engagement ring, which Alex Pizios has told the feds he helped pay for. How many carrots? I don't know. But it had to be a pretty big one, huh? Well, I I don't know. Um, I you know neither Bertuka or Anderson will talk about that. But they've both been interviewed by the feds about that ring. And they're both out of here. They're in California. They're no both, wonder they left. They're both in San Francisco. And uh, Bertuka, we should remind our our viewers, is the guy who Quinn clouded into the Sports Facilities Authority job. 
Yes. And Rahm Emanuel went went to war with Quinn over that one, if you remember. Yes, but Quinn won, and Bertuka kept the job for that's, two years. That's right. That's right. And then he ended up leaving. So is any of this, or all of it, anyhow related to the whole Mike Madigan situation, which seems to be unfolding with the Commonwealth Edison lobbyists funneling payments to... Kevin Quinn, who was fired from Madigan's staff. Is any of this going to be together in one big giant flowchart someday? Maybe. <laughs> it's hard to say because there will probably be threads that tie these things together. You know, there's, there's, um, there's ties to a lot of different politicians, a lot of different uh, types of things that go on here. You know, there's, there's uh, tax issues, there's property tax issues. There's uh, development. There's, um, you know, the city council just agreed to shut down 16th Street that runs through the movie studio so they could shut it down and then create some kind of campus, which re- required them to reroute buses. And, and just the ability to, to, to do something like that. I mean, everybody loves the studio. The, the alderman of the ward, uh, Jason Irvin, his ward office is actually in a, cinese- in a cinespace building. He has moved his office uh, since. Oh, he's uh, the, not in there anymore. He's not in there oh. anymore. Is was, there a reason he moved? <laughs> uh, I, Does I, it have I, anything I, I was, to do with I it? I was just thinking about it this morning. Uh, that uh, I, I wonder if he if he got the message. It's probably not a good idea to be there. But uh, wow, you know so the what, Hogans are still out there. You know, there's there's just a lot a lot of people that are. Uh, but in but on the Madigan you know, thing, you know. We just don't know yet. I mean, I mean, these, from what we do know, there's separate investigations going on there, but they do have an interconnectedness. You know, I mean, let's face it, at the, it. This stuff is playing out at the highest levels of power, where that's the way it works. Is that you know, power people need other power people to make things work. So. You know, could there be a Burke connection, a Madigan connection? Could there be a Rosemont connection? You know, we've, we know yeah. uh, Bob Hergeth reported this past week that Rosemont uh, investigation Yeah, that's flawed. very interesting because Rosemont has always been sort of this, you know, well, suburb Ro- that had all those ties. The Rosemont just uh, gave a no-bid contract to Monterey Security, which was created by Danny the brother Solis's of Danny Solis. Brother. Sure. So, you know, there's, there's, there's threads that, that just weave in and out of all of these stories. And the Madigan thing is fascinating because nobody wakes up in the morning and decides to give money to Kevin Quinn. Uh, if you're a comment lobbyist, what did he do for that money? What were those payments for? We haven't been told. Yeah, um, but he needed money. He, he was in trouble. Money. He was out of a job. Somebody had to have whispered in somebody's ear or a lot of people's ear, hey, help him out for me. And what did they get in return? What did ComEd and its lobbyists get in return? Goodwill. Isn't that Ram's favorite uh, answer to something like that? Uh, look, I, again, that's a very, those are interesting questions. The people that are involved in that aren't talking to us. Uh, uh, you, you've got to look at it and go, well, someone orchestrated that. Did they orchestrate that uh, thinking that's what the speaker would want? Did they have their own relationships with Quinn 
I don't think they all would have. Uh, I, I think that, you know, that's the same situation where former state representative, uh, Mike McLean from Quincy is thought to have played a role. He, he's sort of a close confidant of Madigan and, uh, also sort of ComEd's chief lobbyist, uh, consultant, excuse me. I think he doesn't want to be called a lobbyist anymore. Um, could he have done it on his own? You know, one thing, if you're in the speaker's world, maybe you do things on your own, but you kind of also think you'd want to check with him before you did something to get him embarrassed. So I don't know. Why, why ever give up power? People who, who 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 are in it for power, you know, I mean, and for it's like an addiction. It's 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 more than that, you know. It's uh, it's your reason to live. He is know? the speaker. That's who he is. He is the and if he house speaker, if he if he becomes the retired, I mean, look at Pate and Lee, Pate Philip and Lee Daniels. They got out. Before any of this happened, they were smart enough to know when to leave, both of them. But they were losing power. Lee Daniels yeah. had lost power. He he spent so much time trying to defeat the speaker. He he de- he defeated the speaker for two years and then threw a speaker out of his office. And then two years later, the speaker threw Lee out. And then Lee just kind of quietly slunk away. Uh, Pate was going to lose the Senate to Emil Jones. The Democrats were going to take the Senate. Pate didn't want to be in the minority. I don't know that the speaker would want to be in the minority anymore. So that's why the Burks and the Madigans hang on, even though Burke now has lost power. And so we'll just have to see where this all ends. How many years will it take to unravel, do you think? Um, you know, it took a long time to get to this point, so who knows? I mean, this isn't that bad because this is only since uh, the studio is only uh, since 2011, so it's a relatively contained um, endeavor, whereas some of the stuff the speaker has been involved in may go back decades. Um, same thing with Burke. So. so Lewis and Clark will be here to guide us through the rest of the way. And thanks very much to Tim Novak and Mark Brown, and we'll see you all next week.